Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. I want Deshaun Watson to be freed from this. I don't know what Cal McNair is doing. Because you showed me what your word is about. You showed me what you think of me and my opinion and my thoughts. They just want to win their way. I'm saying thank you. <laughs> because this is not a good job. This is not a good place to come. Houston, you have a problem. You right. know, If they had any heart whatsoever, they would push this game back to Tuesday. <laughs> any prediction in the national championship game? Yeah, we're going to win it. <laughs> Ain't nothing easy in Ohio. The Cleveland Browns, baby. Cleveland Browns. <laughs> but you just got me excited so yeah you know I'm, i'm in party mode already now we believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches and as for our part we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region let it go out there today baby three two one and once again our mighty ship is back on course welcome to the sports talk with devin wade podcast Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk Devin Way Podcast. So glad that you have joined me for another edition. We have a fun field podcast for you this time out, and I'm going to give you a rundown of what we have coming up for you. But first, I want to tell you about a number of very important things associated with the podcast. Now, new, this is a very new thing, but we want you, if you can and if you feel compelled to, to make a contribution to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. You can make a one-time financial contribution, or you can do something weekly or monthly, where you give us a, you know, make whatever little contribution that you feel comfortable with that will help us continue to produce this podcast and really do better and do more and reach out and make it bigger and better and provide quality programming that both entertains and informs you. The way to do that is go to LiberaPay.com. That's L-I-B-E-R-P-A-Y, all one word, LiberaPay.com, and search for Devin Wade, D-E-V-A-N, or Sports Talk with Devin Wade with no spaces. Either one of those ways, you can find our page there. Look for the logo. It's right there. The avatar is our the Sports Talk with Devin Wade avatar, so you can check that out and make a contribution to help us. Again, as I said previously, it wasn't the thing that I wanted to do for a long time. We sort of put that off. But to continue to do this and really have our voices heard and provide you with a different perspective, with different voices, uh, with the kind of quality that you've become accustomed to, and really uh, in a way we can uh, enhance things and get better quality and produce more work and really provide entertainment and an escape uh, that both informs and entertains you. And of course, it's not just always sports with me, but nonetheless, also I want you to go to the wageworldproductions.com website. That's wageworldproductions.com and look around, listen to past episodes, get to know us, get to know the show, get to know me, all of that good stuff. That's wageworldproductions.com and of 
of course, on social media, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page on Facebook and the fan page. But the group page is very interactive. I put poll questions there all the time. A lot of people post. J.M. Keith does a great job. So many people post there, and it really makes it fun and informative. And it's a way to stay connected with the show throughout the week or in between episodes. So uh, that is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page on Facebook. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, at Wade's Word. So all of those things and a whole lot more. Oh, you know what I did forget? I forgot about the sports line. I have a 24-hour-a-day sports line for you guys. So if you want to call, comment, ask a question, make a suggestion, any of those things, you can do that by calling the sports line at 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. Well, coming up this time out, we have our guy, former NFL linebacker from our very own special teams unit, Eddie Robinson. He's in the building. And in addition to that, we have some headlines. We have a We the People segment where I hear from you guys. I had a chance to check the phone lines. We have some calls that we'll address with you guys. We'll have our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy in the building. I may get on my soapbox, may not, but we definitely will have on the Mon Award for the big dummy of the podcast. So all that and a whole lot more, but let's hey, let's roll up our sleeves and get to it. It's time for Headlines. In Headlines, we can all exhale. It's over, y'all. He gone, y'all. He gone. <laughs> I'm talking about James Harden. Harden has finally been shipped. He wanted it. Abruptly and badly, persistently, he wanted to be out of here. He created problems. He went out. I mean, some people said, well, he's a hero turned villain. I don't know if Houston thinks he's a villain, but he, he went out like a sucker. He, he really did. I mean, and I hate to say that about a grown man. He's done some great things for the city of Houston. I want to uh, have a moment of silence for all the strippers in the city. The rain has dried up. They could stand the rain, but can you do with the drought? <laughs> how do you how do you handle the drought? Not at all the ratchet strippers in Brooklyn. Watch, I'm sure Houston has many, many more high quality strippers than Brooklyn. But nonetheless, my under silence for all the strippers. But here's the deal. In all seriousness, here's the deal. The Rockets fared so well. This was a great deal for the Rockets, all things considered. Now, part one of this deal is sort of done, and we'll talk about the back end in just a little bit. But in this four-team deal, this is what the Rockets get. They get Victor Oladipo from Indiana. They get Dante Exum. They get Rodas, Rodan's... Kirkus, uh, and I'm sure I butchered the name. They get three first rounders from Brooklyn in 2022, 2024, and 2026. They get Milwaukee's first round pick in 2022, and they swap picks with Brooklyn in 2021, 2023, 2025, and 2027. The Nets get James Harden. The Cleveland Cavaliers, they were in the mix. They fared pretty well in this deal. Jared Allen and Tarion Prince, uh, that's who they got. And the Pacers get Caveras Levert, which is a great pickup for them, and a second-round pick from the Rockets. So that's the deal. And this is why this deal covers all the bases for the Rockets. So right now you have John Wall. 
you have an emerging, maybe all-star in Christian Wood, but you also have DeMarcus Cousins. You have, you know, you have the usual suspects, uh, uh, Gordon, you have Tucker. You, you have a serviceable team. Now you add Victor Oladipo to that team to make them competitive this year. So this won't be – maybe there'll be a lottery team. I don't know. Hard to know. We'll have to see what happens, especially because the season right now is so unpredictable in the NBA. You have games being canceled. You have quality teams that are not playing well. You, I mean, the only sure thing right now has been the, the Lakers. Lakers playing well. But other teams that you thought would do well, Denver sort of struggling. So, you know, some of these teams are kind of sort of uh, hibernating and you know waking up slowly from an abbreviated offseason because of the pandemic. But, uh, you know, the Rockets are competitive this year. They're, they're entertaining. There's something to watch this year. So we know Victor Oladipo will be gone. Then you'll have one more year with Wall and Cousins. And then you start to cash in with some of these picks. So part one is making the team serviceable and respectable. And, you know, you're not going to be a 10-win team, 15-win team. You're not going to be an embarrassment of a team, even if you don't make the playoffs, which is a long shot in the West. But they'll be competitive night in and night out, and they should be entertaining. So you cover that base, but you also have to cover the second part. And that is you have to pick wisely. We saw Philadelphia trust the process. Well, the process was horrible because you made a bunch of really bad picks. Here's the deal with the NBA, though. You get these guys, and you don't quite know what they'll be when it's time to make a decision on whether or not to really pay them, in, in a lot of cases. And so you have to you have to trust your player personnel. I would hire a few more scouts, and I would be scouring AAU basketball all over the, the United States because – these guys are one and done. So some of the guys you're going to get in 2024 are in middle school right now. So, so you better know your basketball and pick right. Because if you pick wrong, this will be a horrible, horrible situation. But it's it's a good thing to see James go. It's He wanted to be out. The lack of professionalism was disappointing to say the least. He was fat when he came in. Not fat, but you know. He wasn't in shape. We saw him running heels and stuff. He was sleek during his time in the bubble. And then when it's time to show and I feel bad for John Wall and that I think John Wall for a while there was optimistic. Hey man, we're gonna get this a run. We're gonna do this thing. And then he was totally abandoned by James Harden. Now I know business is business, but that's uh that's no way to do like a veteran proven guy in the league. I thought he could have given him it's not like John Wall's a scrub. He's just been injured. He's just fragile. Just made a <laughs> made a crystal or whatever. So let's look at it from the Brooklyn Nets standpoint. Kyrie is a no call, no show. <laughs> I mean, like, why? Kyrie is a whole thing unto himself. And I just don't get this dude. I think he thinks he's deeper than he is, but. Either you in or you out. If you afford, if you Colin Kaepernick, go do that, and, and you know become a martyr to whatever extent you what, whatever you want to do outside of basketball. Do that, but it's not cool to just say, "Hey, I may be here this week, I may not." I'm boycotting because Jacob Blake. I mean, which we don't know. We don't know any of this. He just steps away. Don't know when he's coming back. 
Then you see him partying, not partying, but with at a family event, which is clearly a COVID violation. I, I don't understand him. I don't think he understands himself. I think he's a guy that it probably is led a lot by emotion and he wants to be something. I can't figure it out. But to no call, no show. And these are the kinds of things we anticipated when Kyrie and Durant were to team up. Never know. You're going to need a team psychologist on call 24 hours a day. A lot of personalities to manage. A lot of diva behavior to deal with. So we'll see. A lot of people, man, they are just, they are going to win the East. They could. Or they <laughs> could do what Harden has always done. I mean, I don't know. I mean, on paper, you talent always seems to prevail in the NBA. And even when guys throw tantrums like Anthony, Anthony Davis, which it was less of a tantrum, but again, just to say, I'm just not going to show up. See, that's, that's not cool. Like, okay, I am paying you. You, you know, your money is real, you know, so give me your, your effort. I mean, that's just, if you're going to play, come play. Don't do me like that. That's, that's dirty. And that's not good business. And that doesn't bode well when they start to have these negotiations for collective bargaining. You can't just do what you want to do. You just can't do that. I mean, I know that these are the elite of the elite and they create billions of dollars in revenue for owners. But before all of that, you got to be a man about yours. And if you say, hey, this is what I'm going to do. And, and I know they're dirty. I mean, I, look, I know owners are dirty uh, too. But, you know, this ain't about the owners. This is kind of is about you in that way. Like, hey, man, look. And not even if you don't even want to think about the owner. And I don't care about the owners. I, I really don't. Other than you just don't want to create a situation where the next man will have to sacrifice I what about your teammates? What Harden did wasn't cool. You had guys, even if you're not talking about cousins or Wood or Wall, you had guys you went to battle with that worked hard that to, to make sure you, you know, they were your lieutenants. They tried to hold you down, and you do them like this. You set them up like this. I don't know. So we'll have to see. Give me your opinion on that. Eight three two nine four one six six one four. I love the trade. But it means nothing if you can't lock down the, the proper uh, draft picks. If you don't know how to pick personnel. Now, look, Raphael Stone, A1. A1 on this job. You recouped some of the stuff that was given away by Daryl Morey to get Russell Westbrook. And, you know, whatever we've, the we've not we, but they've lost in the transactions over the last couple of years. You've gotten those back. But again, it all depends on how you draft, what you do. Do you bundle picks to get a guy, to get a superstar? We'll see. So that part is on hold. But part A of this transaction has been great. The other big news in Houston, no bueno over on Kirby. Deshaun Watson continues to be upset. And the Houston Texans are trying to appease him by finally asking to talk to Eric Bieniemy. They won't really get a chance to get with him until after the Kansas City Chiefs are eliminated. Rumor is that Eric Bieniemy started out as a favorite to get one of the six, now or then seven, now six jobs that were available in the offseason. But something, something is going on. Because now all of a sudden, 
His name is not so hot. He's not favored to get some of these jobs. And you have to wonder what is going on. Like, what is going on with Eric Bieniemy's situation? Is it has to be something? It's not because he's black, and it's it's not because he's not good. Is there something else that just people don't we don't know? What is happening? Because his credentials in the NFL are damn near beyond reproach. So I don't know what is going on, but I certainly hope that he gets one of these jobs. Of course, I remember when he was at Colorado playing running back. So he was a bad boy. And, uh, I mean, you know, as a player, he was, I mean, I'm using the vernacular, but you know what I mean. He could ball. Um, but let's get back to the Texans. So Deshaun is unhappy. Andre Johnson went off. Former Houston Texan Andre Johnson went off on Jack Easterby. Now, I've mentioned this a couple of times. I'm like, he's a, he was a deacon in the church. <laughs> not that deacons in the church uh, don't know football. I'm not I'm not dissing deacons, so I, I don't need the Ursha board sending the deacons after me, or however that go, <laughs> whatever the, the structure is of the church. I'm saying this to say that this guy was a team chaplain a few years ago, not long ago. And somehow he has maneuvered himself. I mean, I don't know what those comments. He, he's like a, a Svengali, apparently, to Cal McNair. And so I don't know what is going on over there. This is some weird promise keepers. <laughs> I don't know what this is on Kirby. I really don't know. I don't know what his spell is. But it's clear that a lot of people like this dude is the devil. And I'm not saying, I'm not, maybe not the devil, but he is somebody you can't trust. He sows the seeds of dissension. I said that last time. So I don't know who he is, really how he got there, and what he knows. I do know that people do not like him. And when a Hall of Famer, which Andre Johnson will be, a Hall of Famer, somebody who spent almost his entire career as a Houston Texan, when he says this dude... And then he was on the committee. He was on the selection committee, the advisory board to Cal McNair. Cal McNair not only ignored what it was Dungy, Andre Johnson, it was it was four or five people. And he was in the mix to help. And then they go hire Corn Ferry, a a firm, a, I guess a headhunting firm, to sort of uh, come up with a list of candidates. For general manager, they ignored that and went with Nick Casario from the New England Patriots. And that started the ball rolling for Deshaun Watson to be very, very unhappy. I've said this. I think the culture will not change because he did so much with not a lot in the way of a running game. And in the latter part of the season, and that wasn't that wasn't the organization's fault that Will Fuller didn't do what he was supposed to do. And he had performance enhancing drugs in his system or whatever. It's not their fault, but you traded his number one receiver or you allowed Bill O'Brien, who, by the way, is now the offensive coordinator for the Alabama Crimson Tide. And the Alabama Crimson Tide will come up a little bit later on in this podcast. But you let Bill O'Brien destroy the, 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 the team with bad trades, bad decisions, and then you turn around, you have Will Fuller, you don't have a running game, a legit running game. You have serviceable guys, 
And this guy and Deshaun Watson still led the NFL in passing yards. The, the defense was one of the worst in the NFL. Just a bad situation, and I don't – I'm not confident that things will get better, and neither is he apparently. So hopefully he can get out of here. No one wants him to leave because I like the young man. But if they're not going to do right by you, man, go go get paid, man. Go uh, – not what well, you got paid, but go win some games – with an organization that's going to try to put you in a position to win a Super Bowl. So that's going on. NFL playoffs. Are, oh, you know what? Let me talk about breaking news in that Urban Meyer is now the Jacksonville Jaguars coach. And um, I guess I don't know if you can do illegal recruiting in the NFL, but you might want to watch out. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I'm just joking about Urban Meyer. But uh, Urban Meyer takes over. Not a big fan of a lot of college coaches coming to the NFL. What, what was the last high-profile? Was it Chip Kelly, the last high-profile college guy? Man, oh, Bill O'Brien was a college coach. That, that didn't work. So, <laughs> But he was a, he had NFL pedigree as well. So uh, coming up this weekend, you have a big game, Tampa Bay and New Orleans for the third time. And uh, let's see. I mean, you're going to have some great matchups at quarterback here over the next couple of weeks, some legendary matchups if uh, if some guys can win. You have uh, the Green Bay Packers hosting the Rams. If they can get past the Rams in Lambeau, then uh, you're looking at a situation in the NFC uh, championship game which will feature either Aaron Rodgers versus Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. That should be some good stuff. I will go with Green Bay to win. I'm apprehensive, but I'm going to roll with my boy Eddie. I think the Saints will win, setting up a Green Bay-New Orleans uh, NFC championship game. But let's see how that turns out. In the AFC, Kansas City Chiefs, they host the upstart Cleveland Browns. As You know, what What do you do with Ben Roethlisberger? Ben, Big Ben was horrible. He looked bad all year long. They couldn't really run the ball, which wasn't his fault. And they have a ton of free agents. If you're Big Ben, do you shut it down? Do you want him to shut it down if you're Pittsburgh? We may have seen the last of him. Don't know. May have seen the last of Phillip Rivers. We don't know that either. But the Cleveland Browns beat the Pittsburgh Steelers now for a uh, for a reward. They get to face the Kansas City Chiefs and Pat Mahomes. So I'm thinking – Kansas City will beat them by 50. <laughs> you know, I just, you know, that's just what I feel. I feel like had Ben not really just been that horrible, five turnovers in that game, had he not been that horrible, they could have, they, and and, I, and sometimes the defense makes you horrible, and sometimes you're just horrible. And I think Pittsburgh's offense was just horrible. Unforced errors in that situation. But in the other AFC game, the, man, this is a great matchup. Josh Allen, Versus Lamar Jackson. I'm telling you, man, Josh Allen, we've been sleeping on Josh Allen, at least in, around these parts. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Give me your comments on any of that, and uh, let me know. 832-941-6614. For more content, go to WaysWordProductions.com. Time for... We the people. We the people. Hey, I, I to make the 
In the We the People segment, we hear from you guys and uh, take your phone calls at 832-941-6614. And if you've never called before, take a chance. Take a chance. If you make a big-time flub, I edit that stuff out. I'll clean it up. I'll make you guys sound good. <laughs> but just give me a call. I want to hear uh, from the more, uh, the merrier. Since I I'm not able to do a live show yet, hence with Pay. If you guys contribute, maybe just maybe we can create the situation where we can come to you guys every single day. Not seven days a week, but maybe five, maybe four. It's depending on you guys. Pay. Now, it's important. I need your, your support and uh, because I have a vision for what we want to do. And if you guys are down with that for just a little bit of money, whatever. If you if your heart tells you to do that, then do that. But nonetheless, let's hear from you guys. Hey, Kevin, it's Melissa. Um, I was calling about James Harden being traded to the Nets, and my opinion is, okay, bye. Yes, he's a great bas- basketball player. No one can take his skills and what he can do away from him, but basketball is a team sport. So you and your team, for whatever reason, can't get get it done then okay but it is as a fan it is annoying to see these basketball players who make millions and millions of dollars be able to um what seems like throw a temper tantrum or be passive aggressive however you want to describe it in order to get what they want now most basketball players can't do that because they don't have the leverage the power meaning they're not the star of the team, so to speak, or that grave of basketball at that level. But nonetheless, why should any of them be allowed to do that? Now, Harden's Anthony didn't go quite as far, I guess, as Anthony Davis, but still, it's the same thing. I'm going to do this, this, and this. Eventually, they'll get tired of me, and deuces, I'm out. Well, okay, as a fan, I don't want to hear about all these antics off the court. I just want to see... Um, not when it's this kind of antics. I just want to see you play basketball. I want you to be pro your team, pro, hey, we want to see the team do good. We want to do this for the fans, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, if you don't want to be here, then why continue to stay here so we can all move forward with whatever? Even if they don't go all the way this season, um, at least we can still move forward with what we have and whatever opportunities are to come in the future. Have a great day. Thanks, Melissa, for the phone call. We always appreciate your input and what you have to say. But she called me Kevin. <laughs> so Kevin, uh, of course, is my co-host on uh, KTSU Sports Talk on Saturday. I have to tell the Silver Fox that uh, his name was mentioned on the podcast. But nonetheless, I think she sums up the way people feel. And I think the level of frustration with James Harden is amplified by the fact that he has gotten everything that he wanted. He got rid of coaches. He got rid of players. He got players. They tried to bend over backwards. Apparently, from reports, he didn't come uh, to meetings on time. He wasn't on time for the plane. And everybody held up everything to accommodate him. So when you got everything and you still now you're still not happy, you got love from the city. The city loved you, and you're still not happy. Bro. You can run from us, but you can't run from yourself. You can't run 
run yourself, James. So I think that's where the frustration comes from. And I do think, especially now in a time of a pandemic where anxiety is high, you have people forced to go into situations where they may not be safe. You have people that are forced to be on the front lines that really don't want to be. You have people who are in food lines and, and unemployed and businesses are failing. And the last thing they want to deal with is some diva athlete, bro. You could have been the people's champ, but you're not built like that. So, and what he did technically to me was worse because what Anthony Davis quit on his team. James Harden quit on his team too by coming in fat. <laughs> no, no, he wasn't fat. He just, I keep saying that. I need to stop saying that. But he came in out of shape and he was late. He violated COVID protocol because he wants to give an, uh, another grown-ass man uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars in gifts and cash instead of being here with your teammates in the trenches. So, yeah, I think it's safe to say that Houston is fed up with him. Let's see what we have uh, coming up next. Hey, what's up, Devin? This is VL. Man, uh, it's a sad day for Houston sports, man. You know, I'm a I'm definitely a local Houston guy, and you know, I've rooted for the Rockets and Texans for a long time now. But, yeah, I just wanted to call and kind of give my comments on the Harden trade. You know, I guess Harden figured out Black was swimming, so he decided to go to the Nets. But, man, I think, you know, something that's not really talked about a lot is, obviously, you know, Philly has, you know, superstars. The Nets had superstars. But, you know, I have to wonder if we kept Mike D'Antoni, if we had kept – you know, Darren Morey, you know, would they have been able to at least keep Harden content and at least bought into the system? You know, just because we've never had problems keeping Harden content when, you know, when those two are around, you know, no matter who they paired him with or, you know, what scheme changes they made, even when they, you know, played small ball, I think they were always able to at least keep Harden on track and, I don't think it's by coincidence that Harden wanted to go to, you know, one of those two teams on the net side of things, you know, man, if Harden can get in shape, you know, he has about six months or so. I don't know when Kyrie gets back or if Kyrie comes back, how he's going to feel, you know, being possibly the third best player on that team or at the very best, you know, 2A to Harden's 2B. Uh, I mean, he had problems being Robin to the best player in the world at the time with LeBron. And so I just don't see Kyrie functioning well as being, you know, like I said, the third or second best, you know, barely second best player on the team. Thanks, EL, for the call. We certainly appreciate that. Hadn't heard from him in a while, uh, but uh, we always enjoy hearing from him. You know, he uh, he talked about Morey and, and D'Antoni, but D'Antoni – I think they had a window before uh, that going into that last season where they could have locked him up and they didn't uh, locked him up in a long term contract if that's what they wanted. And of course, uh, Morey, I think uh, I don't know what made him want to move. We I don't know whether how the dominoes fell in that situation. Was it that Westbrook wanted to go first and and then hard? I mean, you don't know how any of that the the order of how any of those things went. Uh, because only those guys know 
how the order of things went. But you know what? Of course, you're not going to complain because you got that pacifier put in your mouth every time you whined about something. Anytime you wanted something, Daryl Morey gave it to you. Now you're reunited with Mike D'Antoni. I love the the black is slimming coming. <laughs> but, and, and Harden will be in shape. The other part of that, who knows what's going to happen with Kyrie and Durant. And, man, these guys are just too much for me to deal with. I mean, I, give me a retro locker room. <laughs> you know, give me a couple fist fights and like, not, oh, you know, you hurt my feelings. <laughs> you know, I want out. Whatever they got going on. But, no, if he want, look, we did everything we could do in the city of Houston for you. Hey, man, you want to go? You got to go. That's fine. I'm going to take time out here from our sponsor, Cobank Homes, and our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. Coming up on the other side, we'll hear from Eddie Robinson and Lamont Award on Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast, anywhere you get your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and Cobank Homes. The vision at Cobank Homes is simple. And it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832 757 7950. That's 832-757-7950. Cobank Homes through Keller Williams. DJ Anna. DJ Anarchy, and if you'd like your music played on the podcast, you can submit it at music at wadeswordproductions.com. The genre doesn't matter, just as long as it's relatively radio edit, or we can edit it for you for expletives or, you know, inappropriate content for what we're doing. Although I walk a line sometimes as well. Not so much. But uh, music at wadeswordproductions.com. Music at wadeswordproductions.com. We'll put a snippet at the halfway point and an entire track at the end of an episode. With that, let's get to our guy, former NFL linebacker, our European sports nerd, part of the special teams unit, a New Orleans, what, a New Orleanian, New Orleanian, a New Orleans native, and of course a huge Saints fan. I wonder why did he not ever try to sign with the Saints? 
He was with the Oilers, Titans, Jags, Bills, never a saint. Different time back then. But uh, here's our conversation with our guy, Eddie Robinson. Welcoming back, Eddie Robinson, E-Rob 50 back in the building. Hope you are well this afternoon. Quite a lot to get into. How exciting has this been? Uh, has this week been in the world of sports, especially in the city of Houston? Yeah, man, city of Houston making some big changes. Uh, some have already been made, and, and I guess we're on alert for others, so we'll have to see how it goes. Well, I'm going to ask you about your Saints in the NFL playoffs in just a little bit, but as a season ticket holder for the Houston Rockets, tell me about uh, the trade. What do you think about Harden? What do you think about Harden in Brooklyn? What do you think about the haul that the Rockets got back? What are your overall thoughts about the immediate future and, and then the more distant future for the Houston Rockets? Well, you know, my son, I, I take him to the games all the time. He's he's a 10th grader and has been playing basketball a long time. And big James Harden fan. I mean, he had the shirt, the jersey, probably got two or three jerseys. Had the fake beard, all of that. And he said two years ago, Daddy, we need to get rid of James Harden. So I was like, ah, you crazy, you crazy. But if you look at it, we brought in numerous people. You brought in Dwight Howard, we didn't win a championship. You brought in CP3, didn't win a championship. Brought in Westbrook, no championship. So at some point, get rid of the guy that keeps bringing in all these different people and not winning the championship. So I, I think the James Harden era was great. As a fan, I absolutely feel like I got my money's worth. The guy played hard every night. He laid it on the line. He, he just didn't get it done when the big games really mattered in the playoffs. So I think it was definitely time for the Rockets to part ways. And, and I, I feel like the trade was pretty good. I mean, when you have a, a star player who's made it vocal that he wants to leave, and at some point, the trade deadline is going to come. You don't have a whole lot of options as a team. And, and I think him staying the whole year would have just been more and more toxic. You have a new coach, new general manager. Who wants to start an era with a player that just doesn't want to be here? So I felt like it was a, a win for the Rockets. And I don't think when you trade a guy who's a league MVP and still has a talent like a James Harden, there is no now. So I think right now you're not worried about right now. To me, you have to have the aspect of, hey, we're trying to build this team for a couple years from now. And, and I think it's a good time because me as a fan, I opted out. So I'm not going to any games anyway. So, I think, <laughs> so this is a perfect time to rebuild and I don't have to sit through it. So I think to me, you, you try to grab as many assets as you can. Of course, I mean, all those first round picks, you, you probably got to bundle them up to, to get a high pick or you have to lose a season like I like Golden State I like San Antonio Spurs when they got Tim Duncan I mean you have to go ahead and, and have a bad year and hopefully you can get that top three player who can turn into a franchise guy well yeah and they can parlay those picks into higher positions the question is you, you got to start watching AAU basketball because these guys oh, yeah. they, they start yeah, off young they're, they're one and done <laughs> so if you are in AAU basketball around the city of Houston you look out for uh, NBA scouts uh, from the Rockets uh, coming your way want to ask you about his antics though and some of the things and even uh, DeMarcus Cousins mentioned that like hey the, he came in he was kind of he was out of shape he really wasn't committed out of shape the dude was chubby man <laughs> <laughs> he is still chubby he hadn't gotten that off but as a teammate and i think guys i know you guys in the locker room understand the business part but in basketball they're so diva ish how do you reconcile okay this is a business but now you're selling me out and i thought that he did a big disservice to john wall and demarcus cousins who are veterans proven veterans in this league what do you think about his behavior leading up to that trade 
Yeah, that that was pretty disappointing. And and to be honest with you, it was very unprofessional. I mean, he's been a class act the whole time he's been in Houston. I mean, he's he stepped up and acknowledged when he hasn't made the big shot or hasn't hasn't been, you know, the guy that you counted on down the stretch. And so uh, and and plays hard. I mean, people say he doesn't play defense, but the guy plays so hard on offense, and he does play defense when he has to. I mean, I agree with the philosophy. If I'm averaging thirty five a game, I'm supposed to get five steals too. I mean, come on, man, <laughs> somebody else should be playing. That guy's averaging eight points. He should get five steals. You know what I'm saying? So so I never I never jumped on him for the bad defense, but I thought the, attic, the, the antics were very unprofessional. Just not a good way to, to end his career and his era here in Houston. Okay, we lost you. So, Eddie, we lost you there for a second, and we got you back, so you're, you're back on with us. want to, again, uh, let you finish your point on James Harden and his lack of professionalism uh, with, like, and it's one thing for young guys that you don't know, but you did know John Wall, and I think John Wall had a sense of optimism at the opportunity to play with Harden, and I think, like, Cousins, like Cousins said, hey, he just wanted to play with John Wall, but, you know, still, I think both of those guys – thought that Harden would at least give it a try to see if this could legitimately work, and he didn't. Yeah, and I think that's that's what was disappointing. And like you said, these are veteran guys. These guys have some skin in the game. And it's, it's not a, these aren't young guys. And, and like John Wall is an all-star in his own right. I mean, it, it, was, it was very unprofessional on his part just to wrap it up the way he did. You know, he, he should have left on, the, on a better note. And, hey, if you wanted to be traded, that's fine. But you should still come in shape and compete. And play hard and just let management know, like, hey, this situation here is not going to work for me or you. And so either I'm going to stop playing or, or or something, but you just don't show up out of shape and, and, you know, COVID protocol and just, just, it just, it was just real sloppy the way he did it. I would have expected more out of him. But I mean, as far as, you know, me being a season ticket holder, trading for a guy who was the a six man of the year and went on to win a league MVP. And then got you to a, a conference finals, even though you couldn't get to the NBA finals. But you did lose to Golden State, which was a legitimate super team once they had Kevin Durant. So, I mean, I, you know, of course, one of those guys were hurt. So you, you feel like we accomplished a lot, but you could have accomplished just a little bit more. And I think that would be the legacy of the, the James Harden era in Houston. What do you think he'll do in Brooklyn? with? Because I, I just don't think it, it's too much. It's too much of a bunch of stuff in that locker room. I just, I cannot – I mean, they need a team therapist. I don't see how that can work. Yeah, well, I mean, him and Kevin Durant, I mean, I, I think with Kyrie Irving, I mean, I would be looking to trade Kyrie Irving because if I have a Karen, Kevin Durant and a James Harden, I don't really need a Kyrie Irving. I can get another guy who can but take who, his place. It's, who would take Kyrie Irving? If you don't show up to play with Kevin Durant, arguably the best player in the NBA, if you won't show up for him, <laughs> what other team will you, you know, just go AWOL on? I mean, well, you heard it here first. Kyrie Irving won't remain on that team. Because if you pick up a James Harden, you don't need a Kyrie Irving. I mean, you only can score so many points a game. You're talking about two guys who can really average 30 points apiece. I mean, you score 100, 110, you're probably going to win most games. You play a little bit of defense. So I'm, why would you put up with the antics of Kyrie Irving? And keep in mind, all three of those guys' contracts end not the next year, and they have opt-out clause. So you have a short window. You have this year and next year to win a championship. If Kyrie Irving doesn't get on the boat and get things moving and show me that he can fit in and wants to fit in, then at that point, he's the odd man out. I trade him. I get some of those assets back that I lost in the James Harden trade just in case 
either Durant, Harden, or both of them leave, my franchise isn't just gutted with no first-round picks and no all-star players. Yeah, well, like I said, it, it'll be interesting, and I'm sure we'll have plenty of time to talk about that. I do want to ask you about uh, your expertise, the area of football, former NFL player. Uh, what do you think about Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans, sort of this sort of chaos they've created around really not honoring their word to Deshaun Watson? Well, I think that, I mean, if, if you're Houston, I mean, it's a football city. I think that's the bigger news. I mean, the James Harden, you could somewhat see the writing on the wall. The guy didn't sign the extension. He had a new general manager, new coach, you know, new player. So you, you could kind of tell something probably was going to happen with James Harden. But the Deshaun Watson, if I'm a Texas fan, which I'm not, and, and if I'm a season ticket holder, which I'm not, then I would be very, very upset and concerned because you're talking about an MVP caliber player in the prime of his career potentially saying he doesn't want to be here anymore. So you cannot have that guy disgruntled. I mean, you have to have him buying into the program and not only buying in, but leading the program as the legitimate face of your franchise. And so, but if you look at the situation with Deshaun Watson, I mean, I don't know what was told to him or not. I mean, I guess that's between him and management or, or, or how much input he thought he would have on the new selection of a coach. But the coach quarterback situation is like the, you know, the Brady Belichick. I mean, it's the the Peyton Breeze. I mean, they a coach and a quarterback goes hand in hand. You can go with Joe Montana and Bill Walsh. I mean, it just they just go together. And you you want to have a combination where that coach can relate to that quarterback and they have faith in each other. And he feels like that that coach and GM can help put him the players and like if if. If Deshaun Watson says, hey, you know what? I need an athletic tight end because that's what I'm missing and I want to attack the middle of the field. By gosh, I'm going to get him an athletic tight end as soon as I can. You know what I'm saying? Right, and right. so I think he he should have that type of pull because he puts his body on the line week after week and he's showing you that I'm the guy that can help get this team to a championship. Yeah, and I know that football and basketball are different in that way. But you talk about a guy that really deserves some say-so, and now all of a sudden the team is uh, going to uh, – they have requested an interview with Eric Bieniemy. How good is this coaching job? If you if you have the seven openings that you have, where does this rank, in your opinion, among all the jobs that are open when you talk about the Jets and now the Eagles, the Jaguars, um, you know, all of the teams that have openings? The Falcons, how does this one rank in the hierarchy of good jobs in the NFL? So what do we have? Jets, Eagles, Jets, Eagles, Jaguars, Falcons, who else? Um, let's see. Um, San Diego? Yeah, well, yeah, the, the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, that's one. And uh, Detroit is another one. So, uh, yeah, off the top of my head, those are the ones that... Uh, I mean, on, honestly, I mean, the Jaguars is very entertaining because you have the number one pick and you got to figure if I have the number one pick I sign a four-year contract I'm gonna have a chance to coach this guy you know first year we don't do well second year we get better third year we make the playoffs well, you know, and, and by the way Urban Meyer is, is probably gonna take that Jacksonville job so right that one I, is off so the table, I, yeah. I, I like the Jacksonville job if, if not I would like the the Chargers job simply because they have a young, proven quarterback, so I don't have to worry about that position. And I think they have a good defense. They just had some letdowns throughout the year. I like the Chargers job, but honestly, to me, I think the Texans is probably one of the better, if not the best job, simply because of Deshaun Watson. I mean, he is an elite quarterback, and it's a quarterback league even more so because you can't really hit the quarterback. So, and so if you look at all the things that, that he can do and with the receivers, I mean, he 
he's the type of guy where he actually can make the receivers better. You know, and I think guys that play with him, you know, they, they do better than if they weren't with him because of the things he can do in breaking down the defense and still throwing the ball down the field. So I, I think the Texans, I mean, you look at where they are defensively. I mean, they have a, an intact offensive line. To me, you need an impact running back at some point. But Deshaun Watson makes a lot of that go. So with him on board, committed to my offense and committed to leading the franchise, I definitely like it better than the Jets. I like it better than the Eagles. You know, so well. Uh, here's my deal, with, and this is why with, why I say it is it's not one of the better jobs. You don't have the cavalry coming with high draft picks coming over the next couple of years. You don't have a number one, number two in, in this draft coming up, and and also just the overall uh, incompetence of the organization makes it an unattractive job. This is an organization that let Bill O'Brien run roughshod over it, and now you have Jack Easterby, who was a like a deacon in the church and now he's like the team president just about i mean that's, i mean it's a lot going on there i mean i don't know it just doesn't seem that that's a that's a legitimate point so i i, I think what deshaun watson is saying the same thing that you're saying hey man if i don't get a coach that i can buy into who can lead this team and put an offense around me that i can feel comfortable with then this isn't a good place for a coach or me to be you know what I'm saying? So I guess, I mean, he's, he maybe he's looking at that the same right in the wall that you're looking at. <laughs> so, but to me, I, I, I feel like, you know, the Titans are the Titans. I don't think they'll get very far with just the running back with Henry because I don't, you don't think like the quarterback those, those position. Receivers? I like, I mean, I like A.J. Brown, and, and I like the tight no, end. No, 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 but it's, it's, the, it's the quarterback position. At some right. point, as good as, Henry's, as good as Henry is, at some point, teams will figure out how to scheme up or the man up to try and stop him and make the quarterback beat him. And I don't think Tannehill can can win at a consistent enough pace to make that to a championship team. Uh, the Colts are, are making strides, and the Jaguars will have a number one pick who's a rookie quarterback. Trevor so if you look at the division, you know, 10 wins, you can get into the playoffs. Most of the time in this division, it's not – it's not a powerhouse division. I mean, you're not in the division with Kansas City. You know, you're not in the division with Baltimore. You're not in the division with Buffalo. You're in probably the worst division in the AFC as a whole. You know, so if you look at the the, the quality of all four teams, so you should always have a chance to make it to the playoffs, and that's the name of the game. So I think it's a better job than what you're giving the credit to. Well, yeah, and and I think by the way, the AFC East is, and, the, is the worst. And division. I will add, I think I think Eric Bieniemy is like. The no-brainer choice, and it shouldn't have taken. But he won't pick it. I don't think he will choose. Come, but it, come it would. It wouldn't. Have, it shouldn't have taken Deshaun Watson to put his foot down to say, "Let's interview Eric Bieniemy." But exactly. at the same time, if if I'm Bieniemy, I'm looking at this as, well, I wasn't your first choice, and your quarterback had to push to get me, and then you have a a general manager who's not an experienced general manager without a lot of draft picks. It's like, do I want to hitch my boat? To that sale right there. I, I don't hitch my sail to that boat. I think that's how the saying goes. I'm not a sailor. But anyway, I think I I think I was kinda like almost like you. Maybe I go out to the West Coast and the enemy's a West Coast guy. Maybe I go to to, to Los Angeles with the Chargers who also have a good young quarterback oh, who's a yes. gunsling. Yes, he's a beast. Just, now look, yeah, I, the the one reason why I wanted to make sure I got you today, and we're running out of time, but I know you want to talk about your New Orleans Saints. I gotta tell you, Ed, I'm not feeling real good about this one. I just had it. My my spidey senses are tingling. Really, and really? I'm, not, I'm just I, I'm, really. 
I'm not, man. Because listen, listen, it's too easy to pick the same. It's like you're going along and you're waiting for something bad to happen. Look, this team, Brady's had five intercepts. They've intercepted him five times in two games. They've dominated this team both times. I just, I feel nervous about them being able to do it again. Well, well hey, you, you, my, my saying is, there's always, there's never any bad teams in the playoffs. So, yeah, Tampa Bay is a good team. I mean, they're a team that that's good enough that if the Saints don't play well, they can beat us by 20. I mean, let's, let's just be honest. They're, they're, we're, you're not playing a bad team. And, and Brady is, and some will argue, is one of the best top three quarterbacks in the history of the game. So, yeah, you're playing a quality team with a quality quarterback with no home field advantage. There'll be 3,000 people in there. So Brady can still hard count and do all of that. You can't disrupt the snap. So there's no there's no real home field advantage per se. Uh, and so at that point, yeah, it's going to be a tough game for the Saints. But, you know, my philosophy, and, and, you know, I was on the team. We were 13-3. and three. We beat the Jacksonville Jaguars twice. They were 14-2. and two. The only two losses they had were to us, okay? And they won every other game. So we played them in the AFC Championship game, and they were picked to beat us. And everybody was like, oh, it's hard to beat a team three times. But my thing, if I beat you twice, it's probably because I'm better than you. So why wouldn't you pick me to beat you a third time? You know, just, that never made any sense to me. So I think, I think if you go player by player and how we match up, I think the Saints are a better team. Now, does that mean the Saints will win the game? Absolutely not. There's a lot of things that go into that. I think this is going to come down to which offensive line can protect the best, and we have the Saints have a healthy offensive line right now, and which defensive line can get the best pass rush. So with Hendrickson coming back, I think it puts the Saints in a situation where they can do well in both of those areas because Breeze and Brady, if you don't get a pass rush, they will embarrass you. However, if you do get a pass rush, both of them are not the quarterback that they used to be. If you get in Brady's face, he's lost Super Bowls when the, when, when the pass rush came in his face. And same thing with Drew Brees. So I think it's going to be offensive line, defensive line is going to dictate how this game goes. What do you think about their performance versus Chicago last week? I mean, because, you know, I, it, wasn't, it wasn't spectacular. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. What do you think about last week's performance versus the Bears? Well, I, I think it was spot on. I mean, you started slow, but the defense stepped up. I mean, you, you gave them, what, three points to the end of the game. And so I think defensively, you did everything you were supposed to. Offensively, you started off slow, but you came back and you had some efficiency and you started to move the football at ease down the stretch. And I think that's what you wanted to see. If we if we would have went out there and, and, and Breeze would have been – you know, 35 from 30 out of 38, and we scored 50 points out of being, oh, Lord, we were too good too soon. You know, you want to peak right at the time you're supposed to peak. So we got better in the second half, and I think we'll get even better going into this game. So I think it it sets up good that the Saints are probably playing some of their best football, and they're the healthiest that they've been all year. So I think that's the biggest thing. You know, you got Taysom Hill and all those, everybody's coming back. And so I, it, it should be a great matchup. But Tampa, on the other hand, I mean, hey, you got Mike Evans, big play wide receiver. Uh, I mean, yeah, they're they're a good team. I mean, it's just going to be. I'm 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 telling you, is the the team that can get pressure consistently on the other team's quarterback is the one that's going to have success. And offensively, if you can protect your quarterback with protection, Breeze and Brady, both of them will have a great game. So it's just a matter of which offensive line can step up and which defensive line can get pressure on the other quarterback. Uh, give me your prediction. Uh, your your give me a score. Predict a score. Oh, you already know I'm going with the Saints, but I, I feel like 
I think some points will be scored. Honestly, I'm looking at the Saints putting up about 38 to 22. 20, yeah, 38-22. So still a blowout, I, I, just a lot of points. Um, by it's going to be a lot of points, but I think if, if, if this game goes like the other ones went, and the Saints do really good against quarterbacks who drop back in the pocket and don't move. We do bad when we have guys who roll out the pocket like Aaron Rodgers who moves left, moves right, gives the same. And they, they still can't stop the bootleg. But one thing you know, Brady's going to be right behind that quarterback, right behind the center. So they know where to go get him at. And I think those guys are going to hunt and uh, have a big game. I, you know, The only thing that I think will concern me is that the deep ball. One thing that you showed in the game and, and, the, and the announcer kept saying is that the Saints do have trouble with the deep ball. But to throw the deep ball, got to have protection. So you could get the, if you can get to Brady, the deep ball is not a factor. But if they get protection and Brady's able to throw the ball deep, I can guarantee you the Saints will get a pass interference, a hold, or they'll catch it. So we got to <laughs> get pressure. To me, it's all about getting pressure on Brady. But the Saints will win 38-22. I'm, I'm not really worried about this game, to be honest with you. You going? No, nah, I'm not going. I'll, I'll be at home watching this on TV. My next Saints game will be in Tampa for the Super Bowl. I already have my ticket. I'm ready to go. <laughs> hey, how can folks reach you on social media? Uh, at erob50 on Instagram and Trey. Hey, man, you chuckled at me like you like, <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, Devin Wade. I know what kind of chuckle that was, man. That wasn't like, yeah, he's going to Tampa. That was like, yeah, you'll be right here in Houston watching Green Bay play Kansas City. That's what kind of chuckle that was. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a, I'll schedule a podcast for that day. Because <laughs> yeah, I know you're you available. Sure you do it. I'm going to be live from Raymond James Stadium on the field with the Saints winning the Super Bowl, buddy. <laughs> All right, well, we'll talk to you soon and we'll keep eye out for the Saints Tampa Bay game this weekend alright appreciate it who that <laughs> appreciate you man for more content go to wadewordproductions.com I want to thank our guy, Eddie Robinson. We always enjoy him. If you have comments on anything he said, any of his comments, you can hit him up at erob 50 on Twitter, or you can call us, 832-941-6614. Well, with that, it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks with no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award goes to the player, team, entity, someone in or around the world of sports we deem to be the big dummy of the episode. Well, i tell you what, it's been an eventful week for Alabama. They win the national championship, that's a high, and then they have a couple of lows. So you, you win a semifinal, yay! You go to the national championship, yay! You win the national championship, yay! You hire Bill O'Brien, oh. <laughs> but this is why uh, your name came up. The entire state, I'm blaming the whole state, not just the city of Tuscaloosa. Well, maybe not Auburn fans. Auburn fan, you're, you're exonerated. You're excluded from blame in this situation. I have a question for you guys. How do you celebrate your favorite team's championship? Do you pop champagne? Maybe get drunk off of uh, cheap beer and euphoria? Do you uh, drunk dial all your buddies who doubted your favorite team? Do you go on Twitter and go on rants? Do you go maybe even, you know, turn over cars and start fires? <laughs> Whatever you did, 
I'm almost positive that it's better than what happened in Tuscaloosa. So in case you have just fallen from a meteor onto the planet Earth, you know what's going on. It's a global pandemic. And after Alabama won the championship, thousands, I mean thousands and thousands and thousands of fans poured into the streets of Tuscaloosa, Alabama to celebrate the Crimson Tides National Championship. And I gave Notre Dame the blues for doing this early in the season. And they deserved a little bit more because they did it for a regular season game to, uh, against a team without their quarterback who came back and beat the hell out of them in the playoff. So, but anyway, I gave it to them for storming the field after victory. But Alabama, this is ridiculous. They stormed. No one had masks. And even if they did, it didn't matter. They were so packed together. This Any other year pre-COVID, this would have been amazing. This would have been an amazing celebration. It was a great sight to see. In light of what's going on now, it looked really, really stupid. And it looks like, damn, it's like Groundhog Day. Six to eight more weeks of death and despair and suffering. Because of people just like those, most of which I'm sure are college students who were out there celebrating. Let's uh, let's look at this a little bit. Alabama COVID, what 414,583 cases, 5,945 deaths. This is from a population of 4.9 million. So they win the national championship, but we can almost be certain that Meemaw and um, Honey Boo Boo and a bunch of folks, <laughs> unfortunately, are going to have COVID. And that epidemic will soar in the state of Alabama after such a super spreader, not even an event, a super spreader couple of hours of impromptu celebration. So it was a terrible scene. I'm happy for them. I mean, I mean, I don't have anything for or against Alabama, although that team is loaded offensively. I mean, just unbelievable. They should have five or six guys that end up in the first round of the NFL draft. But for all of those folks who went out there, mask or not, if you went out there among all those thousands and thousands of folks to celebrate a national championship, not your first, this was Saban's like sixth or seventh. So you know what winning is like. But for all of you who did that, you are all big dummies. You big dummy. <laughs> if you have not seen that site, you need to see that. Because that is, this is why we are the worst country in the entire world at handling COVID. This was ridiculous. It's upsetting, but it's understandable. and. Expected, unfortunately. With that, before I let go. Before I let go, hey, want to thank you guys for tuning in. Want to thank EL and Melissa for checking in. Want to thank our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy, our sponsor, Cobank Homes. Want to thank all the folks who have uh, given on Libera Pay. It's liberapay.com, L I B E R A P A Y, all one word, liberapay.com. Search for Devin Wade 
or the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast without any spaces. And there you can uh, figure out a way that you can contribute. And it doesn't have to be a lot. Any token is uh, any contribution is really, really appreciated by me. And it'll help us do things as we move forward to make this better and bigger for you guys and just make it a lot more fun. So thank you so much. Looking forward to NFL weekend. I'm not sure when we'll come back to you soon, very soon. Um, but until then, 832-941-6614. And, of course, Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page on Facebook or the fan page. And, of course, the WadesWordProductions.com website. All of those ways to reach out. Please interact with me. And please remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after 6 o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. <laughs> This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.